Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. So everyone knows the purpose of this pod is for us all to learn about new topics. And the idea originally started so that we could learn enough about a topic to hold a conversation with anyone about anything. Yeah, we're going to cover a load of different topics in this podcast and hopefully introduce you to some new stuff, maybe a topic, a book, concept, something we think might be useful and something we think that you might be able to then use somewhere, maybe in the pub with your mates, in a job interview, speaking to the in-laws, speaking to your colleagues at work, stuff like that. Just being able to hold a conversation about it. Great stuff. So everybody knows we are not experts in the topics that we cover. This is a summary of the research and the reading that we've done. And then what we do is we distill down and give you the best bits of information, the most useful bits of information that we think you need to know. Yeah, so hopefully if just a few more people can learn a little bit about a few more things, then we've shared some knowledge properly and we've done our job. So hope you enjoy this, everybody. Sounds good to me. Should we jump in? Yeah, let's jump in with this week's topic, which is the Olympics. Okay, then, the Olympics. Here we go, Ollie. New week, new topic. So we start every week, every pod with just a quick question. What did you know about the Olympics? Or what do you think you understood as it before we started, Ollie? I knew, obviously knew about the Olympics. I knew it was sporting events that took place every four years for the Summer Olympics and you got the Winter Olympics. I quite like sport, but I never really follow any of the Olympic sports outside of the the Olympics. Um, But I really get into it every four years and like really cheer on the events. How about yourself? Yeah, uh, pretty much totally agree. Like it's one of those things where when it's on, you're an expert at the Olympics, but as soon as it finishes... I don't know diddly about it. I don't know anything about any of the Diamond League athletics or any of the other <laughs> stuff they have to do to qualify. I don't know nothing about it until it's on. Um, and I really I like this week because um, I, I, it's one of those things that when it's on the telly, I imagine I'll just be researching it and like trying to find out stuff about yeah. it. Yeah. And now I'd like to think I, I know a bit. It's funny though, you say and you think that you're an expert. So I, I remember maybe might have been the last Olympics. I was watching like the 10 meter diving. And at the start of it, like the commentators were saying, Oh, that was a good dive, that was a bad dive. And I didn't really know what was going on. After watching it for about an hour and a half, by the time they were landing every time, if their toes were making a splash or how they were going in, <laughs> I'd be scoring it. I'd be like, Yeah, I know what's going yeah. on now. <laughs> yeah. But really, no idea. Exactly. Wife will come in and suddenly I'm an expert on the 110 meter hurdles. And I know all about this guy's long, long, long task to get into the finals. You know, he's had to qualify through three years of struggle and I know all about his story. I'm suddenly cheering on the Ugandan athlete or whatever it would be. They're well funny. But it's, it has been a really interesting topic to research. Should we jump in and just get into some of the, the actual history about it and how it began? Yeah. You want to go first? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. So I, I didn't realise any of this. I, I knew that Greece was in there somewhere, but I didn't really know too much. But I actually found out it began as a religious festival in Greece, and it was honouring the Greek god Zeus. And for those that don't know, Zeus is king of the ancient Greek gods. Yep. Um, and it was held in a Greek town called Olympia. Yep. 
Yeah, and and it was held nearly 800 BC, so 2,800 years ago, somewhere like 2,700 years ago, 2,800 years ago. That is mind-bogglingly long ago. A flipping long time ago. Yeah, and then it would it would it happened it happened every four years, and it happened every four years for a very long time. To begin with, did you read how many events there were in the first Olympics? Yeah, they only started where they had one event, which kind of yeah. been that exciting. So they, the, the, the Greeks, they they thought that competition was really good and it excelled you as a person. So they thought by making people compete in different things. So they they used to compete in singing, in music, in poetry. That's why we get a lot of ancient Greek literature as well. Yeah. But one of the things was around this was around sports and then like honoring Zeus as a god. And so. Yeah, they, they thought it'd be a good idea to have these competitions, these races, and just started with one, one race. And I read it was it was a sprint that was the equivalent of, of about 200 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically 200 metres. And it, it wasn't for 13 more Olympics that they, before they, so that's every four years. That's 52 years before they started doing anything else. And that's it pretty is, exciting, isn't it? Yeah, just Yeah, you're just one watching one race. race. Eventually they added in what... It was the equivalent of about a 400 meter race and then a 1500 or 1500 and 5000 meter race. Um, then they brought in boxing and chariot racing. And bear in mind, this is all about 700 BC. So we're still 2700 years ago, they're boxing yep. and racing. Yes. And they brought in the pentathlon, which was so it's a, a race, a long jump, a discus, javelin, but also a wrestling match, which I think that's not in it anymore, is it? No. And I, I know that from the reading that when they brought in the pentathlon, that was when it really started to take off in terms of popularity. And you'd have people coming from all over Greece and the surrounding regions to compete when they introduced that pentathlon. They also had, like considering it was so long ago, as you mentioned, they also had, and I'll I'll butcher the saying of this, do you know what the event, the Hopliodomos was? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) That was a that was where soldiers would race in their full armor. Oh, so it was like yeah. simulating simulating running in combat. They talking of combat, they used to um they'd have truces, wouldn't they? Like yes. in, in Greece, because they'd all be fighting, but it would be such a big deal to go and honor Zeus that, that that was more important than the war that they were having. So they would have a truce, turn up to the Olympics, compete, and then I guess go back to war. And they actually had they had an event. I can't remember. I can't, I'm going to butcher the name of this. What was the MMA fighting one they had called? Pankration. Yeah, that's right. Pankration. It was like no rules fighting, wasn't it? It was basically UFC from 2,700 years ago. Yeah, mental. The only thing was, yeah, eye gouging and biting that you weren't allowed to do. And the way you normally won was by killing your opponent. That's how brutal it was. The other way was a, a, their equivalent of a tap out, which was raising one finger in the air. But usually it resulted in somebody dying before um, before it was actually called off which is pretty crazy. So, so this went on for 1,200 years. One thousand, approximately, one, somewhere around about, uh, well over 1,000 years. Yes. Well into the, like, AD. And it was a nearly, four, about th- what was it, 393 AD that there was a ban on pagan festivals because the emperor was Christian and he deemed every, thought everybody should be Christian. So they, uh, they basically just stopped the Olympics. That was the, the Romans. So the, the Romans then came in 146 BC and they they conquered the, the Greeks and they, they let it run on for, a, like you say, a little while longer. And then, yeah, it, 
it was then that the Christian Roman emperor Theodosius, he banned all these pagan practices, didn't like that a different god was being worshipped. And that meant that the Olympics had to stop. But they did not stop. Well, no, they did stop. They did stop. They stopped for a long time. Stopped for a long time. Stopped yeah. for 1,500 years. Sorry, yeah, they did stop until until the modern Olympics, as we know it, yep. started in 1896, I think, in Athens. So it basically started up again. Yeah, and it turned into what we know it as today. So there was one um, guy, wasn't there, who was a particular pioneer of it. He was a, a French chap called Baron Pierre de Coubertin. And uh, he was the one who, who revived it and loved the idea of getting all of these athletes from around the world to compete um, and make sure that they, they're amateurs competing in these in these games. Just, yeah, just, just on that, we'll go, you know, we do like to plan our pod ever so slightly, but let's, while we've said it, let's just throw this one in there. I think it's almost a misconception. I'm sure I grew up thinking they were, they were all amateurs. Yeah, same here. In the Olympics. Same here. Well, basically, I ended up reading about the fact that that is basically not the case. Yeah, and it was always it was sort of like the dream, I guess, of them to have uh, athlete, um, amateur athletes competing. But just over time, it became apparent that that was never going to last, right? Exactly. You'd find that the, the best of the best of any athletes would be being paid. And so, you know, the best basketball players, biggest sprinters, you know, the football teams, they would be actually be paid athletes. Which would mean that they then wouldn't compete in the Olympics, which made the Olympics almost a bore to watch, I guess, because you haven't got the best runners in there or anything. Exactly. Um, yeah, you also had that one. Another problem they had was the Eastern Bloc countries like Russia and sort of places like that. They did something called they had full time amateurs, state sponsored. Okay. So what they would do is they would pay their athletes to. No, they wouldn't pay their athletes, but they would give them all of the required equipment and training to be the best in the world okay so they're basically cheating if you like and it just found a loophole unfair and and i guess they also realized eventually that you know you throw in a professional athlete and you've got more money coming at you there's more more sponsorship more viewers on the telly i guess you can make more money that way and it culminated with the dream team what the basketball players yeah yeah um the dream the basketball dream team the usa 92 basketball team which if you've watched what's the thing on on um netflix uh the last dance that's the one. Uh, basically, all of those players are on the, uh, the team because as soon as they allowed professionals in, they just, you know, the, the USA basketball team just became Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and, you know, Scotty Scottie Pippen. Pippen. Yeah, all, just everybody. And they just walked through everybody. <laughs> anyway, so, so let's go we, back on track. Into, yeah, so how, how, how and why does a city compete to or enter themselves to host a games? So quite simply... A city who wants to host the Games, they have to prove to the IOC, which is the uh, the International Olympic Committee, um, that they've just got the best plan to make the Games a success, that they've got the venues, that they're going to make money, that it's um, sustainable, those sorts of things. And they they present to the IOC. The IOC, make a, they, they get it down to about five different cities. And then there's just a whole vote between all of the different federations, uh, all of the different members of the IOC all around the world. And they've got, uh, it's just a simple majority. Yep. Um, there's, um, it's, it's interesting you saying that as well. It is cities. So the IOC, they don't accredit it to a country. It's very much a city has won it. And then that city is then continually recognized. So if you think of the likes of Rio 2016, London yep. 2012, it's always the city that wins it. 
Yeah, and and uh, sometimes up to two years before they even present to the IOC, there's been a, another separate set of voting within a country because different cities within a country yes. want to host. Yeah. So I don't know this for, you know, was it just Rio? Did Sao Paulo also say they wanted to have a go at hosting it? And then they had their own little vote. Then they decided, right, we're going to go with Rio. And then Rio gets moved forward. Um, so, yeah, so Tokyo is the next Olympics. And um, it got down to Doha, Baku, Istanbul, Madrid, and Tokyo. And then yep. they just voted it through until eventually Tokyo yep. won. But, yeah, um, you, the reason as well, coming back to why they'd want to host it, is because they just see it as like super tourism, like the, the tourism board saying, like, come to our country. It's a great uh-huh. advert for their country. And people then get to see it, hear about it. You know, it should generate a lot of money for them if they're hosting it. And it should have that longevity and sustainability where they build all this, this Olympic village, all these houses, yeah. it then creates houses for the, the local population and all of that stuff. So it's all meant in good for good intentions, but that isn't always the case, is it? I mean, if no. I say to you, like, which is which is one of the worst cities on record for hosting it from a monetary point of view? Uh, Montreal. Yeah. So Montreal. So, you know, these are one of those things that, that I read I, I read somewhere that every Olympics has gone over budget. Like, yep. it doesn't matter what they say it will be, it's going to be more than that. But they budgeted, I think this was in like 90, I think it was 76. Um, they budgeted it was going to cost three hundred about $300 million and it cost $1.6 billion. So what is that? Five, five and a bit times what wow. this cost? Wow. And they were in debt for 30 years trying to pay off this. There are there are um, winners and losers. You know, I was reading about different cities that have, have come out of it well and different cities that have come out of it poorly. I don't know. If, did you read any of those? Yeah, I know that. Well, from a, a Winter Olympics point of view, Sochi was absolutely terrible. And the amount that they spent there was ridiculous. Do you know the amount? Yeah, it was the... Um, so it was the most expensive Olympics of all time, even though it was in a Winter Olympics. Yeah. It was 50 billion... I don't know if it's dollars. dollars it was I mean, dollars, fifty billion dollars. And then what? Um, what happened afterwards is they've ended up with a bit of a ghost town. They've got all these stadiums. They've got things that actually never got finished, but then just people aren't visiting it now, and it's it's a complete waste. That yeah, Athens. Been some, oh, that been. Oh, sorry. Athens was another one, wasn't it? Athens was another one that they think might have actually triggered the the country's downfall and into austerity. Yeah, they um the the IOC one of the things they look for now is this sustainability like whatever you do is the city going to benefit from this long term not just yes. for the the yeah. couple months or whatever um because yeah Athens built all these white elephants and they 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 just yeah they spent all that money on it and it's not used I've actually been to the Bird's Nest Stadium in um Beijing nice and you know it, it looks fantastic but it is absolutely dead it is there yeah. is just nothing yeah. It's it's so strange, and you like you can just walk in. You can just walk around the stadium as if it's not like it's so weird. Yeah, but, how weird? But, do you you know you must everyone listening to this must have remember seeing it on the telling, and that is unbelievable. That stadium, and it's just there's nothing there. Just talking about everyone seeing it on the TV. So another reason why countries want to host it is because from a sponsorship point of view and what have you, Summer Olympics is seen by so many people. So Rio was seen by 3.6 billion people. So to put that into perspective, that's just over half of the total world's population. And they, the way that they've measured that is they've said at least 3.6 billion people caught at least one minute of the Olympic Games, which yeah. is pretty crazy if you think about it. That is, yeah, 3.6 billion eyes on your city. Yeah. Is, you know, you get it right, 
that's that's well to be honest i only went to the birds nest stadium because i've seen it on the telly so yeah. there'll be loads of people that do that you yeah. know maybe did i only go to beijing because i'd seen it on the telly and i thought beijing looked cool maybe you know was yeah, it who a, knows? subliminally there's yeah. other things as well about the the costs of running it and how much countries then spend on like the opening ceremony yeah, and they've sort of got themselves into a bit of a situation of like one up the Joneses, you know, trying to outdo in the previous one. And so yeah. Tokyo is hosting the next Olympics. So we're in 2021 now, got postponed from 2020. But their their chief executive updated their committee to say that they would cap their opening ceremony at 13 billion yen, which is about 118 million dollars. That's for the Ooh. opening ceremony. Oh, sorry, both opening and closing ceremony costs. If you put it into comparison, London's was 42 million and Rio's was only 20 million. So yeah, going up. Japan are going big style there, aren't they? Yeah, I talking about things like that. There's so many facts about the Olympics, isn't there? It's just yeah. so many, yeah, yeah, yeah. so many like little nuggets that you could just throw out there. Saying about like the sort of spending, Chicago spent 150 million dollars just trying to become the host. Wow, I didn't read this. Like, they didn't even get to be the host. They called in, like, Barack Obama was, like, big in it. I don't know what the word would be, you know, cheering, cheerleading for it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, it's estimated they spent about $150 million just trying to become host. That's before oh, they spend man. whatever they'd have to spend on it. Wow. Yeah, that is big. That's something that I, I like reading about the, the opening ceremony is the order in which... The procession takes place. Okay. So the way that it works is that the procession is always led by the Greeks. Okay. Because they started the Olympics and it's ended by the host team. Okay. And then it goes in alphabetical order through throughout the rest of the countries by the host's language. Okay. Wow. So yeah. So yeah, it always starts with the Greeks, always ends with the hosts, and then it's in alphabetical order. But there's loads of those little nuances and little like traditions that they have. Yeah, so the throw that everyone's gonna what about the Olympic rings? You read about that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Why actually. go on test you then? Why are they what why are they the colours they are? Do you know that? So it was something to do with um so when when they came back, when they came back in 1896, they then started realizing that they wanted to bring everybody together and it's to be like the olden times and have truces and what have you. But the, the Olympic, the five rings represent the different continents that compete. Yeah. yeah. And, and the colors, the colors are because, so it's, Oh, go on. You shout out the colors first. Oh, I don't know. What are the colors? Blue, <laughs> blue, yellow, blue, yellow, red, green, black. Yeah, that's it. And there's a white background. They're chosen because every nation's flag contains at least one of them. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, but I mean, we could just sit here just saying facts about the Olympics. <laughs> so talking about the viewers, right? I did that, that you know, um, all these people watching, that does sort of lead nicely into this. How, so then another thing that I think we both discussed that we ended up talk, reading about was how a sport gets into the Olympics. So when you're watching it and there's some like the 50 kilometer speed walk and you're like, How's that gotten into, how's that an Olympic sport? You know what I mean? Or, or, <laughs> yeah. or some, you know, just some of those weird ones, you know, yeah. you're like, people can't watch this, can they? Like, is this famous? Um, 
Yeah, basically, I started going. Well, how does a sport become a sport? Did he... I found out there's there's an actual definition. So you've got the Olympic Charter, which is a, a huge document. Again, coming back to all these traditions and what have you. But I'll read what the Olympic Charter says because it's quite specific. So it, it indicates the Olympic Charter that in order to be accepted, it must be widely practiced by men in at least seventy five countries on four continents, and by women in no fewer than 40 countries on three continents. So it's pretty specific, that, isn't it? I mean, there can't be that many people that do speed walking, can there? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yeah, there must be, I, I guess. But they, they have some other weird rules that they've... So you can't have any sports that have mechanical propulsion or they're entirely mind-based sports. So okay. like that's why chess hasn't been able to get in or any motor racing hasn't been able to get in. Yeah, the sport has to have like an international federation, doesn't it? So obviously, if these are pretty big sports, they've got to have somebody um, in charge of it, I guess. Sort of, would bet that would be like FIFA for football, I guess. Um, and then they they um, present almost to the IOC to try and get themselves in. Um, and they look at stuff like history of the sport, um, gender equality in the sport, financial status of the sport, the value that it adds to the Olympic movement. So it's yeah. image and whether it represents Olympic values, it's popularity, the income that the sport generates. Cause you know, they're all about money. Really. If you yeah. throw in a, a sport, is it going to make them a lot of coin? How about the, the, the rules that they've introduced for the hosts? So that, yeah, so they, they basically, they've made it easier for a host to um, pick a sport if you like, so to, to introduce new sports. So that's always been a thing anyway, but it's just much more straightforward this year that the host can choose, introduce a sport that's perhaps local to them. Because like we were saying earlier about the costs of hosting an Olympics, it's becoming, people don't really want to host it. They've had, they've had less and less cities bid for Olympics over time. Mm-hmm. And by doing this, it just makes it a little bit more appealing that actually I can get eyes on my, my local sport, I guess. So for Japan what's the what are the sports that they've decided right. to include okay so so we, we do have notes in front of us right when we do this i have not got this in front of me so i'm going to see if i can remember them i think skateboarding is one of them yep. climbing's one of them yeah skateboarding climbing surfing i think oh surfing softball and i can't remember the other one uh baseball karate so, isn't it karate karate yeah so softball so sports aren't um they're not guaranteed, are they? They get um, evaluated every, once they've been in for, I think it's two, two they, they're in for two Olympics and they get reevaluated to see whether or not they still fit in. Are they still making the money? Are people still ah, playing? Okay, it? okay. So softball was actually in the Beijing Olympics and I think the London Olympics, I think, and then it wasn't in Rio, but now it's back again because they play it a lot in Tokyo. Nice. Yeah, nice so, They've got an increased, I don't know, requirement or emphasis on sports with youth appeal because obviously that's where money is and that's who's going to be watching it. So uh, you'll find in Paris 2024, I told you this in the week, they've got break dancing as managed to, because uh, <laughs> they announced the sports way ahead of time. They've already yeah. announced the new ones for Paris. So break dancing is in. Yeah, it's nuts. That's pretty nuts. I like um, it. So anything else? So Any other little nuggets of information you care to share with everybody? Um, so yeah, com- completely off the subject of why a country hosts it or, or 
or what events are put in there. I I thought it was quite interesting to look into why do Olympians always bite their medals? Nah. Like, Check they're not chocolate coins. <laughs> yeah, that, well, it turns out that's sort of one of the reasons why they do it. So it dates back to a long, long time ago where merchants, you know, if, if you're like shop stalls and stuff, like long, long time ago, people giving you different coins, they would bite the coins to if it left an indentation, then they would know it was genuine, whereas some coins, some metals won't leave an indentation. They're not malleable. What has actually happened is because they're made of gold and they want to check that they're made of gold, you know, as if it was olden times. Yeah. It's not really the athletes that want to check it. It's for some reason, it's the it's the media. It's the people down in taking the photos of them think it's a the better money shot that they can then sell that picture around the yeah. world for more money of them just biting their medal. So they'll win it. The media pit will shout, bite your medal, bite your medal. And then that's why all of them actually bite it. It's not because oh, they're wow. checking if it's real or not. But there is, even in the, the Olympic Charter, they do have to contain certain levels of gold within their their gold medals it's yeah six grams of gold and 394 grams of silver that's like a cheeky two guys one topic takeaway there but it's not actually officially <laughs> it um i i really like the fact just very quickly before we wrap this up about the torch being lit oh yeah so the olympic torch because that's something i'm going to watch on telling you where's this flame come from the torch is always lit in olympia by a mirror that shines the sun onto the torch to light it because that's pure torch light or something. And then they they light the torch and then they relay it. You know, you you know, we saw the relay when it was in London. It was just coming, went for every town, didn't it? They yes. relay the torch all the way from Athens, all the way to wherever wherever the event is taking place. And they've always got a backup torch somewhere in case the torch goes out. And if they yep. get on a plane, it goes into like this funny little lantern, so it stays a lit. Yeah. Nice. The torch always it's never lit by a lighter, for example. That is there, yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, it always gets lit in in Greece and then transported, usually by like a human running relay to um to wherever it's being held around the world. Nice. So I guess then it's probably time for us to think about our two guys, one topic takeaway. Absolutely. I got a good one this week. Well, like we said, there's so many facts about the Olympics. You could have yeah. picked 30. We could have just done a whole pod talking about facts of the Olympics, but here's mine. <laughs> The influence of the Olympics was so great that, you know, when we were saying back 2,700 years ago, historians used to measure time by the four-year increments between the Olympic Games that they then called Olympiads. That length of time was then Olympiad. Okay. But that, that is how our modern-day calendar and years started to be tracked because they were tracking the Olympics as every nice. four years. Okay. And that's where our calendars and our days and our years came from from the Olympics. So wow. next time you're looking at the date, the Olympics probably started that. That's cool. You had never had any idea about that. I like Good it. One, mate. Go on. So my two guys, one topic takeaway is, so Michael Phelps, people might've heard of him as an Olympian. He's the most decorated Olympian ever with 28 medals. He's got 23 golds, three silvers and two bronze. And they're all for swimming. Yep. So he's got, he's got 28 medals. If Michael Phelps was a country, he would be ranked 32nd on the all-time medal count. <laughs> all so time. He, that means that Michael Phelps on his own has more medals at the Summer Olympics than 160 countries. 160 I've ever got. I've ever got. How mental is that? That's nuts. That's, um, 
yeah, that's that's some going. So yeah, well done to him. There you go. You, you're in the pub. You tell somebody those two facts. And they're going to say, where'd you hear that? Wow. This little podcast I've been listening to. Right, Ollie, what do you think about the Olympics having done this? Any thoughts? Take It finish? is a lot more interesting than I expected it to be. And especially just knowing a little bit about the history of it. Um, just where it it sort of came, it started so long ago, like we were saying, over two and a half thousand years ago, um, honouring the Greek gods. It got stopped by the Romans and then it went on hiatus for 1,500 years. Um, there's so many little like nuances and traditions that they've built into it. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be watching it, you know, with even more interest this year, I think. How about yourself? Exactly that. It's It's just... Yeah, knowing the history. I, I like the history of it. I like, you know, where does everything come from? I like knowing all of that. It just it's just gonna make it a little bit more interesting to watch. And it's you know, it's not gonna be long before it's on the telly again, because they delayed it by a year, haven't they? So Yes. Well, let's do another topic then, shall we? Sounds <laughs> good to me. We have a week down. We hope everyone's enjoyed listening. Um, make sure you get out there, share some knowledge. Share and, some um, knowledge indeed. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, we'll see you in a week. We're gonna have another week to go and learn something else. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode on the Olympics. If you want to get in touch with us or make any suggestions of things that you wanted us to cover in more detail, then you can get us on our social channels, on Twitter or Instagram, at Two Guys One Topic. That's at Two Guys One Topic. We hope you enjoyed listening. Catch you next week.